The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. All right, is this okay? This is on now. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, we're getting into the word now. We have been looking at the subject Mammon exposed. <laughs> Mammon exposed. And it's important that every single believer hears this message. That every single minister hears this message. Very important that every single minister hears this message and every single believer hears this message. The reason is, now by the way, if you are watching this um, tele, this stream, kindly share the stream, go on WhatsApp stories, put the link in there, on Twitter, put the link in there, on Facebook, put the link in there. You can go there and say, you, 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 you're all gonna, you cannot believe what I just heard. Watch here or something. I don't know how you guys do that. Well, you do that some ways to do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, the basis of God's relationship with mankind is love, not transaction. The basis of God's relationship with mankind is love and not transaction. Now, in relating with God, there is giving and receiving. In that, for example, we offer spiritual sacrifices to God after having received the gift of God. So you cannot offer spiritual sacrifices to God if you don't have the life of God within you. And that life of God comes from Christ Jesus. So that means we are only able to give to God what he has first given to us. Are you following this? Alright, so that's why our spiritual sacrifices or spiritual worship are only accepted by God in Christ Jesus. They are only accepted by God in Christ Jesus. So that means only what we offer in Christ is accepted by God. But the basis for giving and the basis for all that God does with man is love. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. It says for God so loved. That word love there is um, you know, it's agapao. Agapao. And what does agapao mean? Agapao is the um is the pa- is the active form of agape. Agape being a noun is speaking of sacrificial love, a love that does not perform based on convictions. It's a sacrificial kind of love, a love that puts itself out there, not um, um, requiring compensation. So, agape's motive for loving is not in that the love will be reciprocated. That is not the motive. Agape loves because that is what agape does. Are you following this? So, for example, you see someone that is about to die and at no thought for your own life, you put yourself in a precarious situation to save that person, not minding that that person does not deserve to be saved. That person actually is in danger because of their own stupidity, yet you do not allow the person's stupidity to deter you from doing what you know you want to do in saving them. That's the kind of love agape is. Agape is sacrificial love. Sacrificial love. Praise the Lord. It's sacrificial love. So it says, for God so loved the world of sinners that he gave. So giving, glory to God, 
alright, is motivated by love. Love. In the book of Philippians, if you talk to the book of Philippians quickly, let's look at it. Book of Philippians, chapter number 4. I want to show you something. Because today we are going to be going after something today. Philippians chapter number 4. Paul was talking to the church in Philippi. And he was talking to them about giving. Amen. Are you ready? Are you ready? Alright, look at this now. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 10, it says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now that last that your care of me had flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Twelve, I know both how to be abased and know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed, both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. 13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which was strengthened me. So the context of I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me, is that I can abound and I can what? Suffer lack. Can you see the context of I can do all things? It doesn't mean you can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. doesn't mean you can do everything. That's not what that scripture says. There's a context. So I can do all things. All right. You can't say, oh, oh, I can I can be an astronaut, I can be a doctor, I can be a lawyer, I can do all things. So that is not the context of that scripture. For you to say use the scripture that way is to be you know to be reading the scriptures in, uh, out of context. So I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me means that I can abase and I can what abound in material things. Now that's about contentment. So I can do all things through Christ strengthens me if I can be content. Now it says now not only ye have done well that he did communicate with my affliction. Now it says now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving but ye was only. It says for even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity not because I desire a gift but I desire food that be abound to your account but I have all abound and am full having received of Epaphroditus the teach which is sent from you and odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, acceptable, well pleasing to God. Now, I wanted to see that communication of Paul to the Philippian church. He was commending them for giving to him. There was no manipulation involved. He was just talking about something they did because of their love for him and their love for his ministry. Now, if you turn to Second Corinthians real quickly. You see Paul talking to the Corinthian church about these guys, all right, in Macedonia. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Now, you have to understand the context of these things, all right? The context of what Paul was speaking about. Macedonia um, is around, you know, Philippians, you know, Philippi. So Macedon is like um, a city in the state of Philippi. You understand? So when you see Macedonia, think Philippians. Is this clear? When you say Macedonia, think what? Philippians. They are around the same area. Now look at Second Corinthians chapter eight. Look how it says from verse one. It says, "Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God." Notice that. The grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia 
How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep what? And their deep what? Talk to me now. And their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their what? Liberality. So that means despite being poor, they were generous. You see this? You see this? Alright? They were generous. So remember what you said that one of the ways to break the hold of mammon over your life is by giving. Generosity. We see an example of this here in that a poor church was commended for being generous. He said, abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yeah, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us, that word praying means desiring, all right? Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministry to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first get their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. What is this telling you? One of the major signs to show that a believer has broken the hold of mammon over his life is that he first of all gives himself totally and wholly to the Lord. The Lord is the Lord of his life. The Lord determines where he goes, where he stays, where he doesn't stay, where he doesn't go. Alright? He gives himself first to the Lord in the service of the Lord. He says, for to their power, I bear record here, and beyond their power, they were willing of the same way much more entreaty that we will receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of ministry to the saints. Five. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Hallelujah. In so much that we desire Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying the Macedonian church, they are givers, even though they are poor. But you see the Corinthian church, the Corinthian church was a rich church, but they were not generous. Praise God. So one was a poor church, was generous. The other was a rich church, but was not what? Generous. But notice something Paul didn't do. And notice something Paul did. You see, with the Philippian church, he didn't mandate them to give. He commended their generosity. Glory to God. Then he goes to the Corinthian church and says, learn from the Macedonian church. That though they are poor, they give better than you do. If you look at 1 Corinthians 1, he talks about the Corinthian church being rich in utterance. That means these guys were what guys? These guys could flow in the gift of the spirit. These guys knew doctrine, Greek and Hebrew, but they were stingy folks. Money ruled them. They are, uh, you know that what I just described is familiar. There are a lot of folks right, right now. They can give you grip and eagle and all of that. You know, but they are stingy folks. They are not generous. Money rules them. So much that they cannot give money away. Glory to God. But notice that Paul teaches them, alright, giving, but does not manipulate them. Now, I'm going to touch on that, alright, because as we are talking about mammon for believers, we also have to talk about mammon for ministers, breaking the hold of mammon for ministers. And, and, and I'm going to touch on it a bit because many a times you are going to find that because of the needs in ministry and because of the needs in mini of ministers and because sometimes a lot of churches are like the Corinthian church in that they are not generous. And so because they are not generous, there is lack experience in the 
pulpit, there is lack experience in the ministry, you now find that there is now a um, not allowing uh, folks to grow into generosity and express their generosity by teaching them to be generous. You now find that mammon is now made king in the churches and the basis for people giving is for a promise of more, of more money. Are you following what I'm saying? Where you now say that, all right, for you to go up, you have to sow. So that means you now make people give, not because they love God, but because they want to be what? Rich through giving. Praise the Lord. Giving because you want to be rich, because you gave, is not worship. Now, I'm going to touch on the fact that when you give, oh, God is going to make more grace abound towards you for you to have capacity to even give more. And how many of you know that you cannot give more if you don't have more to give? Praise God. But if the reason for that giving is so that you will be rich, then that's not worship to God. That means you are even worshipping money in your giving. Because if there was no promise of more, you would not have given. Praise the Lord. Are you with me so far? Giving to get, primarily, is worshipping money, not worshipping God. Praise the Lord. Now, are there principles in the scriptures on sowing and reaping? Galatians 6. Let's look at this quickly. Look at it very quickly. It says in Galatians 6, verse 6, it says, Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all what to think. That means the one who is being taught, receiving ministry, to give to him that teaches in all good things. That's what communicate. Communicate does not mean to be saying good things. It means to, you know, give good things to the person teaching you. Praise the Lord. All right. Amen. All right. Now it says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man does what? Soweth. That shall he also what? Reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap what? Corruption. He is talking in connection to giving to ministers. That's the context. He said, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap what? Life everlasting. So that means the impact of giving to those who uh, minister to you and giving to kingdom things, all right, the impact of it is everlasting. It lasts forever. Glory to God. It lasts forever. The impact is forever. Amen. So it says, Sharif, life everlasting. Look at verse 9. It now says, And let us not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall what? Reap. If we do what? Faint not. So there is a principle of sowing and what? Reaping. It's there. It's in scripture. There is a principle of sowing and reaping. 
Yeah, we see, look at Second Corinthians chapter 9. Second Corinthians chapter 9. And it's 5. Okay, let us even look at. I want us to read from verse 1. Second Corinthians 9, 1. And you see the context. Now, it says, For as touching the ministry to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. For I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal had provoked very many. Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said, ye may be ready. So they, they were supposed to give towards something, right? You understand? So they had a project. And the project was that they wanted to gather resources to take care of the saints in Jerusalem because a famine was coming. Are you following? You understand the backdrop? So what they wanted to do was all the Gentile churches were supposed to give collectively. And at the Apostle, Apostle Paul and his team were to take all they gave and take it to the church in Jerusalem so that the saints that were poor in Jerusalem would be taken care of. Are you getting the context? Come on, are you getting the context? Uh, talk, talk to me. Are you getting the context? Alright, good. Now, that's the context. Now, look at what now it says. For I know the foreignness of your mind, for which I post of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready years ago, and your view has provoked very many. Verse 3. It says, Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said, they may be ready. For, lest aptly if they of Macedonia come with me, and find you unprepared, we that we say uh, that we say not ye should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they should go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. You see that now. Look at verse six. It now says, "But this I say: He which soweth what sparingly shall reap also what sparingly, and which." Um, and he which soweth what? Bountifully. Shall reap also what? Bountifully. You see that? So in a nipping. Seven. Every man, according as he proposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, that is not um, forced. For God loves a cheerful giver. Look at verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency, in all things may abound toward every word good work, as it is written. He had dispersed abroad. That is the giver. He had given toward the poor. His righteousness remained what forever. Ten. Now he that ministered seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. Now, what is this telling us here? What is telling us here is this. The giver should give knowing that the person who is going to take care of him is God. Are you seeing that? So that means giving sets your sight on the might and ability of God to provide. That's what he does. There is nothing that displays your faith in God's capacity to provide that giving. Giving. There is nothing that displays your faith in God's ability and capacity to provide than giving. Giving to something bigger than you. Sowing to something bigger than you. And the scripture says, you will reap. Glory to God. And what you are reaping is that you are going to reap, alright, um, first, reward, eternal reward. Because when you give to us kingdom things, there is a reward system in God. 
Hallelujah. All right. There's a reward system in God, and the reward system is eternal. It is beyond this earth. Hallelujah. It is beyond this earth. Beyond this earth. But also, you find out that when you give, you release, because giving is an act of faith. When you're giving sacrificially towards something the Lord, for example, in this case, they were giving towards meeting the needs of the saints. Giving here was an expression of faith in God's capacity, all right, to, to, to provide what? Seeds to the sower and bread to the eater. That's what you do when you give. What you're giving, giving is an expression of your faith in God's capacity to provide. So you're saying that my faith is not in the money. My faith is in God who can meet my needs. That is what giving does. Praise God. So you find that as you grow with the Lord, all right, and you begin to enter into the Babylonian system, all right, because the Babylonian system is this world economic system. There is a an economic system in this world. There is a capitalist system in this world. The capitalist system that tells you to chase money and hold it. Tell you to chase money and worship it. And do any, everything to ensure you make more money. That is the system. The Babylonian system in this world. The devil is design, has designed this system to ensure that everybody bows all right, to the system of Babylon. I remember Nebuchadnezzar and the, 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 um, the image he made. What was his intent? Everyone should bow before it. Praise God. Alright, that's what the devil wants to do. The prince of the power of the air is trying to make everybody bow before the Babylonian system. Bow before it. What God always will try to do is to try to deliver you from that system. Such that you live your life outside of it and have a mastery over financial resources. But one of the things I found out that the Lord does is that he will call you towards that place. When he finds out that your heart is towards money and you're beginning to love it and you cannot, you know, it begins to rule you, you find out that to, to help you out, glory to God, he'll begin to ask you to give it away. Praise God. He'll begin to ask you to give it away. I mean, the time Lord said, they're giving one million. I said, okay. The next time I said, you're giving two million. Oh, okay. Then I began to see myself give more. I was like, okay. Praise God. I'm not saying that I obeyed immediately. We fought. You understand? Glory to God. We fought. We had some dancing on our insides. But I'm telling you something. What he's trying to tell you is this. Listen. And you know, I think it's even part of the training where when he tells you to sacrifice that way, because he's treating us like children. We are his children. You now begin to find out something that when you obey God in those things, a bigger thing comes. Then he's trying to tell you, see, I'm not wicked. When I lead you to give, okay, I have already made a provision in front of you, okay. I am not, I am your father, which means that I would not intentionally put you in arm's way. Are you following what I'm talking about? So that's how God is. So he's training you to trust him and not the money. But you see, sacrificial giving is something believers should do themselves. It is not something believers should be manipulated into doing. Oh, hallelujah. It's something believers should do themselves. Now, believers can be encouraged to give. Believers can be instructed to give. I'll give you an example. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Verse 1, First Corinthians 16, 1. It says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, 
even so do ye. Now, I know you have noticed something very, very interesting here that most of the time when giving was done and collections were done in scripture, it was for the saints. How many of you noticed that? It was for the collective destiny of the church, the saints in the church. So we've been talking about, we've read about three scriptures now and it's always about the saints. It is now concerning the collection for the saints as I have given order to the churches. Now notice, that order was an instruction. Paul, as an apostle, gave an order to the churches, all right? He says, to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. So Paul gave an order to the Galatian church, all right? He says, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God had what? Prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Can you see that? So he says, on the first day of the week, that Sunday, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him. So that means giving is supposed to be proportionate to what you earn as God has prospered. So that means if God prospered you, as has prospered you, you should get more. You should not have a Rolls Royce salary and a Kekenapep offering. Let me say that again. You should not have a Rolls Royce salary and a Kekenapep offering. Offering. How can you that earns three million a month, then have somebody who earns three hundred thousand naira give him more than you? That is a representation of your love of two things: how much you love the Lord and how much you love that church. Praise the Lord! You know one of the places you would know whether or not people love their local church is in whether or not they give. To their local church. One of the ways to know whether people love the saints in their local church is to give to that local church. Whenever people love their local church, that local church will move forward. It's going to march forward. You understand? That local church is going to prosper anything that Lord has asked that local church to do. Because when people love something, they give towards it. People are watching Big Brother Ninja right now. Do you know why? They love it. If you like, come and talk, a pastor can come and say 10,000 words. People love the show. They will vote. They will spend money. They'll give towards it. Hallelujah. People love Ronaldo. Ronaldo moved from Juve to Manchester United. And he shed, he had record shed sales. Ghosts didn't buy it. It was human beings that bought it. Glory to God. People give towards what they love. So giving is actually a manifestation of love. Don't let no 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 no, no one must be deceived. If you love God, it will show your paycheck. If you love the gospel, it will show your paycheck. No, nobody can lie. You can't lie about it. Your your money does not lie. Listen to me. Your money tells more about who you love than any other thing. Your money. Is it true? Your money. Oh boy, I remember one time. Let me give you, let me tell you a story. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, Jesus. I remember one time like that. <laughs> I was in love with this girl. So this girl said she we dated for a while, said she's no longer doing. She broke up with me. I I want I was like I wanted to die. Because it was like my you know, this was me stupid me, you know. I I've got the best woman in the world right now. Glory to God. You know. But I remember that time, as a kid, I was, <laughs> I was not that kid, I was 22 or something, I think, 23 or something like that. Come on. 
Do you know what I did for this day? I tried to see how I could make it work. So I began to think about things to do. Then one time she said she wanted a passport. You know I went and processed this person's passport. Paid. I did not have a passport. But I went, bought her a phone, tried to understand. Because of love. Love shows in your pictures. Who you love, it shows in your pictures. In fact, one of the best reflections of love is your pictures, your expenses. That's how we know we love. So there are people that are lovers of themselves. Their pictures shows it. David, when you look at David, the Bible talks about David loving the Lord. It showed in how he put his resources together to build a temple. Solomon too. Mary Magdalene broke an alabaster box and showered Jesus with the perfume. Love. Love. Love is not in poems. Love is in giving. Praise the Lord. The heart behind it. Giving. Praise God. Giving. So Paul gives an order, he said, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God has fostered him, that there be no guardians when I come. And when I come, whosoever you um, shall approve by your letters, let them will I send to bring your liberality untoward Jerusalem. So you see, there was an order there. Now, giving in the churches is to be by instruction, all right, by authorization, all right, by, you know, uh, by request, we are giving an offering, we are giving partnership. So the pastor can instruct that people give to us, as we have seen in these examples. But it must never be by manipulation. Now, what does it mean to give by manipulation? All right, giving by manipulation is telling people to give. They're now telling them that if they give, they will have A, and if they don't give, they will have B. That is manipulation. Praise the Lord. So when, now when you tell people that if you don't give your tithe, you're going to hell, that's manipulation. That's a lie. Praise God. When you say, I want 10 people to come up here and give $10,000, I'm going to pray that 100 times of that, you know, that's manipulation. Hallelujah. That's manipulation. Because you are trying to offer an incentive in the flesh. What is manipulating people to give? Offering incentives in the flesh to make them give. Now, Mammon manifests in the believer by uh, greed and um, a lack of generosity. But when mammon manifests in ministers, this is how it manifests. It manifests, number one, in manipulation. Manipulation. The manipulation will show up in the message. In which, all right, the blessings of God are dependent on sowing seed. The protections of God that is free is dependent on sowing seed. Everything is seed dependent. So when you now begin to see that, that is manipulation and it has seeped into the message because the preacher is controlled by mammon. Alright? Avarice, greed, money is now the focus. So when money is the focus, every single thing in Christ is fulfilled. What is free now becomes gotten through 
a seed. So you now have seed for healing, prophetic seed, um, protection seed, firstborn offering. You know, all those kind of funny stuff. You understand? That's Mammon's ruling. Now, you understand? Now, what's going on is that that preacher is making the same mistake most believers make in that they're putting their faith in money. Now, don't get me wrong. Money is very important. I'm telling you. Let me tell you something. And you see, this is something I found out that many charismatics, word of faith, some word of faith, not all word of faith, and the, later on, the Christocentric group don't understand. They don't understand it. And it's foolishness. It's the importance of money. To do ministry, I hear some of you say, oh no, you don't need money, you just need water and the spirit to do ministry. Really? Really? I hate hearing foolishness. I hate it. Because it's not true. What is not true is not true. And when you don't tell people the truth, faith will not be released by the people to take it. And faith, when faith is not released by the people to take it, you will not see a manifestation. Hallelujah. Why, 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 why did Paul say, my God shall supply all your needs? According to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. It means there are needs that need supplying. Are you following? For him to pray that prayer. Amen. Listen to me. And listen to me well. The body of Christ, the local church, and listen, and everyone, you need to listen to me and li listen to me good. If you ever have any vision for evangelism for the world, to ever have any vision of ensuring that souls are ready, all right, that you have won, that you present to the Lord, then your local church must be rich. That local church must have money. I'm telling you. You see, I was looking at what we did over the weekend when we went to Oikea Otter. By the way, shout out to all the members of Oikea Christian Center in Otter. God bless all of you. I really love spending my weekend with you. It was worth it. I will be back. All right. But I was looking at it and I was thinking about how much money we spend as a church to plant that church there and to keep ministry going on there. And when I looked at the people that were healed, Look at the manifestation of people that had unclean spirit cast out of them. Things, all of that. I was like, oh my God, it's worth it, man. It's worth every dime. It's worth every dime. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment that the people who gave that money held it back. Imagine for a moment for the, the people who the Lord not give towards that held it back. They didn't respond. How would you have gone? How would you have gone? Imagine if the people who gave that money were not blessed to have the money in the first place. Hallelujah. It was only possible because you forgave. Praise the Lord. Now, what the church is moving towards cinema, to Viva Cinema, by the grace of God, 12th of October. Because the venue where they are, and they did so well, was hidden. Terrible roads to get there. So we're like, they need to be in a place where at least people can easily come. And, you understand? Right? Because if it's a local church, 
If it is the light of the world, then let it be somewhere people can easily see. Amen? A city set on a hill cannot be, cannot be what? Hidden. You need money for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, giving can be instructed, but not manipulated. So that's why, or why, if we make it clear what we are giving towards. Generosity is the way we give, but love is the why. Generosity is the way we give. The attitude in our giving, but love is the why. Which means, if a man's love is low, then he would not have an understanding of his why, his, 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 uh, the way of generosity will be far from him. So when you see somebody being stingy to the house of God, stingy to the local church, stingy to the agenda of God, the first thing you need to look at is his love. His love. Something has happened in his love. In his love. For the Lord and his love for his local church. And usually, what has happened is usually, alright, the devil would have, <laughs> the way the devil does it. Offense must have spring up in that person's heart in the first place. Someone said something or did something or they did not recognize this, um, this fellow, the person is offended. So the love goes cold. And when the love goes cold, generosity walks out the door. Hallelujah. What the devil is trying to do is to attack that local church from doing what it's supposed to do. So the, the target is not you, the target is the local church. Praise the Lord. You know, and I think a lot of believers, we need to be very, very wise and intelligent. I was talking to a wonderful sister. She had been a member of a church. Something happened in that church. You know, they had issues. And I sat her down and I said, listen, let's, let's look at this thing. And we talk. I said, look, what happened with this church? Is the church, in a, is the church operating in this state anymore? I said, no, this, the church is no longer operating in this state anymore. So I asked. I said, who won? I said, obviously, it cannot be God that won because the church is not operating. Who won? Obviously, the devil won in that case. Because the devil's plan was to destroy that church. Praise God. So you must understand what the end game of Satan always is. It is for gospel activity to disappear in the place. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, you being stingy and not expressing the love through giving, giving your material resources, is aiding Satan's agenda. That's the truth. It is aiding Satan's agenda. And it is injuring the plan of God for that local church. You not being blessed materially to be able to give. It is aiding Satan's agenda. And it is injuring God's plan for that local church. That is why you must be angry. And take a faith stance against poverty. Why? Because lack of resources will hinder God's plan. There is a part you have to play in God's plan. And if you don't have the means to fulfill it, it will hinder God's plan. And God wants to get the resources to you. Hallelujah. He wants to get the resources to you. Praise God. So, giving can be taught. And notice another thing that Paul did. Paul used the generosity of the Macedonians. 
as an example to provoke the Corinthians to give. Did you see that? Come on, did you see that? Did you see that in 1 Corinthians 8? Or should we open it again? Oh, yeah, let's open it again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By the way, ladies and men in ministry is coming soon. November 26 to 28. I hope you have registered. Amen. I said, I hope you have registered. Uh-huh. Let's all go and register. So 2 Corinthians 8 1. Look how it says. It says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great grace of trial, in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Therefore, to their power I bear record here and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministry to the saints. And this they did not as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Now notice, they gave their own selves unto the Lord and unto us to the will of God. So there are two things, or three things these Macedonians did. Number one, they gave themselves to the Lord. One. Number two, they gave themselves to the apostles. That means their ministry gift. Amen. Amen. Then number three, they gave their resources for the work of the gospel. So there are some folks that will say they are giving themselves to the Lord, but there is no local church or ministry gift they're giving themselves to. You cannot have one without the other. If you say you have one without the other, you are lying about the one. You cannot give yourself to a God you cannot see. Alright? Or you cannot say you are giving yourself to a God you cannot see, and there is no man you can see, no ministry gift that that God sent. That you are not giving yourself. You are lying. The word of God cannot be broken. Praise the Lord. It cannot be broken. Alright? So, they gave themselves to God. They gave themselves to the apostles, their ministry gifts. Then they gave their resources. They're praying us with much of it that we will receive the gifts and take upon us the fellowship of the ministry of saints. Five. And this they did not as we hope, but they first gave their own self to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Six. In so much that we desired, listen, in so much that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you. The same what? Grace also. What is he saying? He's saying there is a grace in the Macedonian church that is not in you. We, Titus has begun to try to teach you in this grace. But we are hoping that Titus will be able to perfect this grace in you. Hallelujah. That's what Paul is saying. So that means one way, alright, to teach generosity, alright, before to believers is to model it before them and point to role models of generosity that they can relate to. Are you following so far? Come on, are you following so far? Why? Because in Christianity, imitation is one sure way of modeling discipleship or, or, or provoking disciples to imitation. The Bible says, Follow me as I follow what? Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. So that means your followership of Christ is based on following me. You have not seen Christ, but you have seen me. So that means any character trait I want to see in you, I must model it what? Before you. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? 
Alright, one great man said, children will do what you do before they do what you say. So, the process of discipleship is actually modeling what you want your disciples to uh, replicate. Because they will do what you do. You can preach holiness and sexual purity all you like. But if disciples see pastor always touching sisters in a funny way, they too will touch sisters in a funny way. Are you following what I'm saying? Because they will follow your example before they follow your doctrine. Your example is the doctrine. Amen? So, for example, if you're a cell leader and you, are, you don't give, you cannot raise members that give. It won't happen. What authority do you want to say give when you are not a giver? Praise God. With what authority do you want to do it? For example, me, I settle my giving. You see, sometimes you see me when we are doing conference. You won't see me carrying this thing, this thing. You know what? I've said to ah, hey, <laughs> if I show you my this thing, you'll be seeing it. I said to lead. Pa, pa. I'm not, I don't know how to deceive myself. Oh. Glory to God. Ah, I don't know how to deceive myself. Oh. Pa, 100k, 500. That's how it's flying out of my account. I practice what I preach because I know ministry is spiritual. I will only reproduce after my kind. Glory to God. No matter I teach something here, if I don't do it, I won't reproduce it in you. It will not happen. Paul said, My little children, of whom I travel in childbirth, until what Christ be formed in you. So that means ministry is a traveling, all right, upon men until there is a formation within them. That travail is in prayer. That travail is in what? It's in doctrine. That travail is in modeling. Hallelujah. So Paul now says in verse 7. Look at verse 7. 2 Corinthians 8, 7. He said, Therefore, as he abound in everything, in faith. This is where the Corinthian church abounded in. They abounded in faith. They abounded in utterance. They abounded in knowledge. And in all diligence and in your love to us, he says, see that he abound in this grace also. So he says that they should see to it that they abound in the giving grace. So that means as believers, we can increase our giving grace. We can abound in our giving grace. We can train ourselves to abound in giving. You can train yourself. Turn yourself. Begin to look at it. Oh, what's the budget for LMM? It says 10 million. I can give half. You may not have the money now, but I can tell you something. If your bad habit is giving, God will sponsor it. <laughs> oh boy, if you have a giving habit, God will sponsor the habit. For example, now, when I was in Ottawa, I saw some kids. They're out of school. They have not, um, yeah, I think there are four of them, so some little children. So their school fees, I'm the one I'm picking it up. I'm going to pay. And as time goes on, I'm going to look for other like minded people and say, why don't you come together and put money together and be paying people's school fees? Little children. Keep them in school. Before you know it, the foundation will come up to be paying people's school fees. 
And you just feel that God will just be opening that door. Do you know the number of children that are out of school? So the children, it is children. They did nothing wrong. Was it their fault that their mother gave them to them? Not their fault. They are out of school. They are out of school. They are out of school. And the truth about it is that we are there to be the solution. I have I've come to a point in my life that you know that gospel that says just preach the word, get them born again, feel the Holy Ghost, and don't care about their natural state. You know that, that stuff? You meet them, they've not eaten, just preach and go. You meet them, they have no food stuff in their house, preach and go. You meet them, no school fees, so the child is out of school, chasing tire up and down, you preach and go. No, I'm done with that. That's rubbish. It's nonsense. It's not, I'm not doing that again. Nah, it's rubbish. I don't think there is any other way to meet a hungry man and for him to understand love than giving him food. After you have eaten, give him gospel. Are you following? Because without food, he will die before you have said that Jesus will. Do you know how many families don't have a cup of rice right now? A cup. The rice you are wasting. There's poverty. Ah! People are suffering. And we are playing church. Doing click. My friend, my friend. Just be clicking around. This is not a joke. That guy you neglect to pay school fees. That guy that slept hungry. And had to scavenge those things. That's the same guy that will rob you in your Toyota Camry and break your glass and take your phone by force. So it was great time for you to reach him. We didn't reach him. We're playing church. Satisfied that we can take care of ourselves and not reach across to let's do this too. Praise God. I said, Praise God. The purpose of prosperity is not for you to flex. It's for you to reach your need. For you to reach the hungry. To reach the destitute. You are in school, you are better than most. You have a job, you are better than most. You are educated, you are better than most. You have Jesus, oh, you are better than most. You need to reach. Hallelujah. We need to reach whatever the cost. It is the gospel message, whatever the cost. Praise the Lord. I said, Praise the Lord. I'll round up to say this. If a church is in a location, and many in that location don't attend it, that's the reason. The reason is simple. That church has not reached that community. That church has not demonstrated love to that community. Because if that church 
demonstrates love to that community. And that community feels loved. There is nobody that will stay away from love. Nobody. Can you stay away from love? Family, can you stay away from love? You're currently in love. Praise God. See the, you know? Yeah. You want to be around the woman you love. You want to be around the woman you love. Why? Because it's acceptance. It's help. It's sacrifice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I think some things are not hard. We are the ones that make it hard. Simple things. Love people. You can't love people with empty hands, can you? You have to love them with what? Glory to God. I'll close this. I'm looking at something that um, this guy used to do in Reverend Sam. When Sam would, when children are going back to school, they would go and buy books, buy pencils, and buy a lot of bags, school bags. Like a pack. I think maybe one one of those things would cost like ten thousand or six thousand or five thousand or whatever it was. Then you buy for like a thousand children. Then people irrespective of their religion will come. Line up and they'll give them those things to your child. Preaching the gospel to them as they do that. Give them flyers and you understand? All those things. Counselors will be there and you know and all. Those kids would never have had an opportunity to have those things because there are many students that went to school, they didn't have uh, uh, good uniforms, they didn't have, they didn't have um, sandals, they didn't have any of those Many of those children are, are, are Christians today. They are Christians. Beneficiaries of that. Christians today. University graduates. They don't need you to Tell them the five Greek words of love. Somebody manifested and demonstrated it. Hallelujah. They don't need to say, you see, it's sturgic, eros, agape, filio, philo, papaya. No. It's demonstrated. You understand? But yes, we're going to do a lot doing things, you know, a bit differently. And emphasis should be loving people, loving them into the Lord. Love them with the word. We will love them in the, with the Holy Ghost. We we'll love them with the gospel. We we'll love them with the power of gift. But we also love them with our resources. I'm talking especially the unbelievers. You hear what I said? You hear what I said? Especially what? Especially what? Especially them. They are hungry, oh, we will feed them. They need food stuff, to the best of our ability, we will give them. But why are we giving them? We are giving them a word of knowledge. Hallelujah. Love them. And you see, I know there are a lot of folks that they will criticize that approach because they are set in how they think it's a love people. But I think love does not need too much good and evil. And references. When I'm loved, I know. Praise God. To believe as a generous. OTR members all around the world watching this. I know some of you will watch it later. For time zone differences and all. 
Be generous. Be generous to your church. The church is kingdom driven, 100%. Be generous. Your giving is ensuring work is being going on you know, in different places where you, you cannot reach. Be generous. Be generous. Ensure that you sacrificially give understanding that the purpose is eternal. Praise God. As I said, praise the Lord. I hope this was a blessing to you. Did you learn anything today? I want to try and uh, advise that, you know, someone like this, listen to it again and again and again. Please keep it into your heart. All right, and take street right there. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So, right now, um, we are going to be um, giving an offering. Um, while we are doing that, we'll put the information on the screen. Um, you have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.